This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome, everybody, to episode 18 of the Animaniacast. No, my tooth, my tooth. No, what is taking the royal dentist so long? At last. Welcome to the Animaticast. We are a podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. Each and every week we revisit a new episode in the order in which it was released, and we discuss all the gags and all the cultural references, and sometimes like today, all the historical references, and in the end, we give the episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again, as always, is my brother Nathan. Boy, howdy. And that's a new that's a new catchphrase for today. Ooh, yep. <laughs> and over in Georgia is Kelly. Hello. There we are. See again, nice standard hello, Nathan. You don't consistency. Have to. No, I got to change it. All right, all right. So anyway, today we are talking about episode eighteen of Animaniacs, which was entitled Pavlov's Mice, Chicken Burishnikov, and Nothing But the Tooth. And Nathan, when did this episode? premiere uh joey this premiered on a wednesday it was october 6th 1993 very cool yeah uh so <laughs> this particular episode is very russian that's my Rus- russian accent by the way pretty good i huh? got none so i got <laughs> in my country Animaniacs is watches. on netflix oh oh wait that's I was not say, how it goes yeah animaniacs watches you <laughs> So let's go ahead and get right into this episode. This episode had a lot of cool stuff. It had uh, Pinky and the Brain, first of all, which was mm-hmm. awesome. A starting off Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. So that's great. The first appearance of Chicken Boo. And, of course, another historic uh, visit from with the Animaniacs with a with a, a person from history. Uh, Kelly, what did you think of the, this episode just in a few words? I it, – it- it it was chock full of stuff. It just had it had the water tower escape. It had going back into the water tower, chicken boob, the Warner Brothers and the Warner sister, and um, well, now I'm going off and, and more than a few words. It just had a lot of stuff. <laughs> yes, it did indeed. Uh, uh, Nathan, what do you think? Happy to see Pinky in the Brain again. All right, very cool. <laughs> and I agree for both of those things. I I love Pinky in the Brain, and yeah, this. There was a lot of content, I guess you could say, in this in this particular episode, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like Kelly said, we had a lot of segments all jam-packed into uh, just one 22, 23-minute episode. So yeah. it was uh, – it was they were able to fit a lot in and not seem rushed or anything, too. No was, rushing for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no rushing around. <laughs> okay. Everyone else is rushing around here. So let's first – let's go ahead and talk, first of all, about segment one – Pavlov's Mice. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of the brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. Cast. 
Okay, our first segment is, of course, Pinky and the Brain's return. And this time the cartoon is called Pavlov's Mice. Pavlov's Mice was a story by John McCann, Tom Ruger, and Sherry Stoner. It was written by John McCann, and it was directed by Michael Gerard. Uh, Nathan, what could you tell us about Pavlov's Mice? Okay, the year is 1904. We're in Russia. We're with Pinky and the Brain. And they're with Pavlov. They're getting conditioned to act certain ways when they hear bells and gongs. And they want to take over the world. Uh, so in their pursuit to take over the world, they're going to take all the Russian jewels. And, uh, of course, since they're conditioned to react to bells and gongs, bells and gongs occur multiple times in the episode and end up foiling their attempt to steal all the jewels. Well, this was a cute one right here. Uh, what did you, what did you think about this particular one, Nathan? I enjoyed it. Uh, it's, you know, it's fun. I loved, uh, the narfs that Pinky, it's definitely a, a total catchphrase now of Pinky's for sure. By definitely. Now. <laughs> uh, Kelly, what about you? I really liked it. I thought it was really cute. I loved uh, Pavlov. This is our first introduction to uh, Pavlov, who is, of course, uh, he was a scientist back in Germany. Uh, not Germany, Russia. We're in Russia. Hello. Mm -hmm. But um, he was studying not necessarily uh, the classical conditioning uh, behaviorism that, that, uh, that he's going over in this, but in real life, he was actually studying digestion and uh, saliva and mm -hmm. things like that. Um, Pavlov, in case you didn't know, uh, this is something that if you take Psych 101 in college, I know that they always go over Pavlov <laughs> and, and stuff. But it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but this is how I remember the story from college, okay. which was uh, Pavlov is feeding his, you know, little dog, his lab dog, and uh, measuring the amount of saliva that would come each time. And I guess every right before he would give the dog a treat, he would ring a little bell and... The dog would come and, and he would measure the amount of saliva in this little tube that was kind of like, a, <laughs> kind of stuck on the dog's cheek. It's kind of a very poor, poor dog it was kind of an in, inhumane <laughs> situation going on, but whatever. I'm sure he was a, he, the dog was happy. He got enough. lots of treats. He got lots of treats. <laughs> so, that's good. So he was measuring the saliva and then he realized, Hey, wait a second. If I take, if I don't feed the dog, but yet I still ring the bell. The dog still drools. So, therefore, that kind of went into other kind of classical conditioning things of, uh, well, many, many different things. So, the whole, whole psychology of uh, behaviorism, I think, came in part due to Pavlov right there. So, it's kind of a cool thing. My first introduction to Pavlov actually came, I think, from not from college, but from They Might Be Giants. Yeah, that's what I was. Well, on Bare Naked <laughs> Ladies. Like, what was it on Bare Naked Ladies? The uh, You Can Call Me Pavlov's oh, Dog. Yes. It's a matter of instinct, it's a matter of conditioning, a matter of fact. You can call me Pavlov's Dog. Ring a bell and I'll salivate. How'd you like that? Dr. Landy, tell me you're not just a pedagogue Cause right now I'm lying in bed Just like Brian Wilson did Well, I have That's right. Bare Naked Ladies has that little line right there in, in their first album, Gordon. Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, 
Brian Wilson. That was the song. Yeah. And yeah, so that was probably one of the first times I heard. It was actually probably the same time because it was uh, Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. Apollo 13. It was Apollo 18. Apollo 18. That's it. Yeah. Apollo yeah. 18. I'm getting sure. Apollo 13 mixed up with something. The movie. Yeah, not the movie. <laughs> Apollo 18. Uh, the They Might Be Giants album had like a thing called, a song called Dinner Bell. So that was probably one of my first introductions to Pavlov. All of this comes together, though, in the early 90s, where we have Animaniacs, Bare Naked Ladies, and They Might Be Giants <laughs> all coming together in the early 90s for me. So my introduction to Pavlov, boy, oh boy, you were hitting me on the head. It was all coming together. Synergy, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Something like that. So that was really cool. So what were some of your favorite moments, guys? Some favorite lines, anything like that that you particularly liked or thought were funny in this? I liked the music when... um Pinky would do his little dance. I thought it was really catchy. I love the the brains thing. What just honestly, one of the things I loved was not only the song, like when the brain, like his facial expression changes to this mm-hmm. very serious kind of, you know, straightforward guy to like this innocent kind of like wide-eyed mouse. Uh, he, he really had this change about him, which was really kind of cool and somewhat creepy to see. Yeah. But it, when it all comes together, when they're singing, I'm a little teapot and yeah. the little kick, you know, that, 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 song, it was, uh, it was cool to see those two songs sync together at the, at the very end. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. This is my handle, this is my spout. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. Tip me over and pour me out. I like that part a lot. Um, I didn't quite understand the brain's plan. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me. (laughs) Because he's going to go steal... The jewels, the the Russian jewels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which, ca- first of all, like, what is he going to do with the Russian jewels? That's going to like, well, let him- he who controls the, <laughs> the money is- controls the world. Or- this is very similar to uh, to our previous episode with Pinky the Brain, where oh gosh, now it's the war of the where rodents stare. I believe it's what it, mm-hmm. the episode is called, okay. right? And number one, the brain is instead of saying, "Call me General Brain." Uh-huh. It's Czar Brain now. So, <laughs> so the brain is like working up now. He's not, he, last time he was a general, but now he's a czar. <laughs> uh, last time it was he who controls that room controls the world. And now yeah. it's he who controls the, the jewels controls Mother Russia. And then we learn uh, brain's name, brain's mother's name is Diane. Is that right? Denise, Denise? or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was Desiree. 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 Yeah. There we go. <laughs> So somebody was paying attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We knew it was a D. We only need one of us to pay attention. So. <laughs> Tonight, Pinky, at precisely one a.m., there's a total lunar eclipse. The Earth's shadow will completely cover the moon, blacking out all of Saint Petersburg for a period of thirty seconds. In that brief time, we will sneak past the Tsar's guards under the cover of darkness and steal the crown jewels. For he who controls the jewels 
controls Mother Russia. But I thought your mother's name was Desiree. <laughs> so that was really cool. I didn't think the, the his uh vacuuminator i believe is what it was called i don't think it was a very efficient device for getting any anything other than vacuuming up mice actually yeah it didn't seem to vacuum anything else <laughs> other than it got it goes for pens and mice yes that's what it goes for <laughs> but uh to turn on and then of course he turns it on in the at the end in the room uh, a room filled with jewels yeah. with a little tiny bag on that little horn. And I'm thinking, Brain, come on, you're smarter than this. You, you know that they can't all fit in that one little He's tiny bag. He's insane. He, <laughs> he is the genius, not the insane Okay, one. well, I'm we'll still, see. I'm still going with that, no matter what you say. <laughs> For those listeners who don't know what we're talking about, just listen to like the first appearance of Pinky the Brain or Nathan's crazy fan theory. Hey, it's not my fan fan theory. It's well, the fans' fan theory. It's the one that you keep bringing up, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, there, yeah, so cool stuff right there. Um, let's talk about some of the historic uh, things that we're seeing right here. So Pavlov is obviously a historic figure, I believe, set in, this, in the correct time period. Nothing that I've seen online. Yeah, I haven't seen anything contrary to okay. it so so definitely in this time period of russia and everything but let's talk about the czar now right here he's talking about the the eclipse of the moon which by the way kids it is okay to stare in a, at a at a, a lunar eclipse. a lunar eclipse but not a solar one don't do that uh but the czar is very full of himself in this one he's calling it my <laughs> lunar eclipse and things like that um Kelly, based upon mm-hmm. that, we're going to get into more of this. Of course, when we get into our third segment, but you've you've read a lot about mm-hmm. uh, this, you know, the, the czar and uh, mm-hmm. pre what what are we calling it? Pre revolutionary Russia, right? Right. Um, was he this? Was he known to be <laughs> this stuck up that he would call like a lunar eclipse his lunar eclipse? No, and not not from what I've I've read. Um, the uh he he was seen as sort of a godlike figure um czar actually is is derivative from the word caesar oh. um yeah and so uh the um not so much uh in in the later russian history but you know particularly early on uh the czars were really revered um they called them little mother and little father um you know they they were looked to for for guidance and everything. Um, I'm sure that he he did have uh, an ego, uh, you know, ruler of all the Russias. Um, yeah. You know, it was a majorly powerful position. But um, from what I've I've read about about him um, personally, I, I I get the feeling that he was um he was a very family oriented man, um, and an he, he was an ineffective leader. And uh, not really ready for the responsibility of of being the ruler, and um, but I don't think he 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 would have taken credit for for an eclipse, <laughs> you know. Some some of some of the Russians may have given him that credit, but right. I don't think he would have taken it personally. So uh, I um, see. Yeah. Well, for the record, apparently there there have been people online that have pointed out there was actually no lunar eclipse that year. Yeah, uh, which <laughs> we're splitting hairs, kind of thing, right there. I think it's the the point of the story is is there that uh, that's we just needed complete darkness for which, the brain. Lunar eclipse isn't that dark. I don't. 
Yeah, well, like, it works for the story. We need total darkness. It's like, darkness. can't you just wait for like a new no moon parents. or something? <laughs> wait a minute, Kelly's going into something here. <laughs> what were you saying? I said darkness, no parents. I don't know. <laughs> Lego, Lego Batman. Oh, okay. Of now course. I'm remembering it now. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. Well, that's good. Oh, hey, I love those. I, you know, <laughs> I'm all for tangents. Check out the lyrics. Uh, so let's see. Any other uh, quick moments? Anything that you thought was cool? I thought the animation was awesome in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really thought the animation of the brain and Pinky and all that kind of stuff was the the facial expressions. It was fabulous from start to finish. the 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 expressions on uh, the brain were particularly good. Um, I was able to freeze frame it a couple times uh, where the brain breaks the fourth wall and looks directly at the audience before hitting <laughs> Pinky uh, on the head and everything like that. Um, it was just, I, I really did like those little details that they put in, which they were a lot. Yeah. They did a good job of, you know, everything. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what Pinky was planning to do with leather pants. Is that what? <laughs> yes. Rubber pants. Rubber, Rubber pants. pants. There we are. <laughs> are you thinking what I'm thinking, Pinky? Yeah, Blaine, but where are we going to find rubber pants our size? That's one of my Always. favorite pinky lines right there. And for some reason, that gets repeated quite often, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it was in one of the commercials that they would show. Uh, okay. Because it seemed really familiar when I heard it. I'm like, I, I know I've heard that one a lot. And I think Rob Paulson brings that out quite often, too. Like when him and uh, uh, Maurice LaMarche get together and they, they do their little bit of pinky in the brain. I think Rob Paulson pulls that line out a few times too of the rubber pants. Cause hmm. I don't know. Rubber pants is just a funny, <laughs> it's something funny to say. Uh, and, uh, I, I did like the, didn't the brain say at one point, like I feel cleansed or something like that after hitting him. Is that just my imagination? I don't remember yeah, it, I don't but remember that's not that. to say it didn't happen. Yeah, okay. Well, Brain I, said a lot of things in the episode. Zod! Woo! Wild head there, Brain! <laughs> I like it! Now I feel cleansed. Okay, well, let's go ahead and move over to our middle segment. We're We're continuing with the Russian theme, though. Our middle section is... Chicken Burishnikov. And this is our, the first appearance of Chicken Boo. Uh, Chicken Burishnikov was written by Deanna Oliver. It was directed by Michael Gerard. And basically the synopsis is, uh, well, Chicken Boo is, uh, posing as a, like a ballet famous dancer, ballet, yeah. famous ballet dancer. Apparently he's gotten a lot of credibility in the, <laughs> I don't know how long he's been doing this, but in the, I'm, um, what, what I'm to assume is probably just a, a few days or maybe a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, he has, he's now performing in the New York ballet and, uh, he's a, the, the ballet director says that he's the best dancer in the world and he's never seen a better dancer. And he dances with this woman and they're, they're dancing to Swan Lake, I believe. Right. I don't know. <laughs> 
They danced to Swan Lake. And uh, at the end of Swan Lake, which was Tchaikovsky, another Russian, uh, Chicken Boo's wig falls off mm-hmm. and his pants fall down. And it's all of a sudden people realize, it's a giant chicken. Oh, and they throw tomatoes and stuff at him. And, and, uh, it's, it's all, it all comes apart. And the ballet director boots him in the butt so hard that Chicken Boo flies out of the ceiling. Yeah. This leotard comes clean off. And, uh, that's, that's it. That's the end of the episode right there. And he goes off to go impersonate a different person someday. So there we go. That's Chicken Boo right there. Let's uh, let's talk about this particular one, but also, I guess, Chicken Boo in general. Yeah. Um, first of all, Chicken Boo is a chicken, a yeah. boy, I'm assuming. I think so. And yet, we're not calling him a rooster, so it's good to know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a female. We don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so Chicken Boo is a, is a chicken. He's a giant chicken. Uh, what do you guys think about Chicken Boo uh, segments, Nathan? What about what do you think? Um, I I enjoy them. Um, I I usually end up feeling bad for Chicken Boo. I think because I'm like he just wants to be a man, and like even now I was kind of thinking like like transgender wise. I'm like maybe he really identifies as a as human. a human. Yeah, and then you know who are we to say whether he's <laughs> a chicken or a human? You know, that's a good point. That's a completely different way to look at Chicken Boo. <laughs> it is very true, but yes, he is he's persecuted for be, wanting to be a human. I feel I do feel because really, what is the what is the harm? He's not uh, yeah, he's not hurting. But, like they just don't want him to take jobs away from humans. I guess I guess so. But the humans around him really do. Lo- they love this. They always love Chicken Boo up until that point. Yeah, he's, he was a great dancer. You know, like. You're a giant chicken. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. You are the best dancer I have ever seen. So, Kelly, what do you think about the Chicken Boo or this segment or just in general? Um, I usually like them. They're they're pretty short uh, and generally funny. I always love Chicken Boo's expressions. <laughs> I, he just looks. I don't know. He's got this big, these big wide eyes and just like he's completely flabbergasted that people are yelling at him that he's a giant chicken. Yeah. And he, he does, he's, he is aware of the fact that he wants to hide this, mm-hmm. but he always does look very innocent. He just, you're right. Those facial expressions of him and, and the, uh, the voice, uh, who does chicken booze quote unquote voiced here? Let's see. This is done by, uh, Frank Welker. So there you go. Frank Welker. Mm-hmm. Doing the monkeys and doing all the the various animals and stuff like that. So he's doing Chicken Boo's voice. Does a good job right there. Um, but yeah, you're right, Nathan. I do kind of feel bad for Chicken Boo at the end. But yeah, I mean, at least he doesn't. He doesn't seem to notice that people are even angry with him a lot. Like this time, he was just eating the food off the <laughs> yeah, stage. He was like, like, "Oh, free food." Okay. <laughs> he's like, "Okay, well, whatever. I guess I won't dance anymore. I'll just." He, <laughs> Totally becomes a chicken once his outfit comes off. The like, audience not only had vegetables and fruits, though, but they had bread and they had poultry. Poultry to throw. <laughs> <laughs> These, this uh, this audience was was prepared yeah. just in case they heard the rumors. Uh, and of course, uh, we didn't mention it, but uh, chicken. Uh, they call him Chicken Burishnikov, or you know. That's mm-hmm. what they call him, right? Chicken yeah. Burishnikov. And of course, that's a reference to, uh, I believe his name was Mikhail or is Mikhail Burishnikov, who, uh, I believe back in the, I want to say the sixties, perhaps seventies, 
was a big uh, ballet dancer, and he defected from the USSR and uh, went to Canada and performed in Canada and the United States and things like that. A famous uh, ballet dancer right there. So, uh, And he was also in some episodes of Sex and the City. <laughs> well, there you go. I haven't watched one episode of Sex and the City, so... Well, you know, it's it's uh, more modern audiences might recognize him from that as opposed to being a ballet dancer. What did he play himself in that or? No, he played um, uh, he was an artist and it was in the very final season and he was uh, one of Carrie's boyfriends. Oh, wow. So she did older men right then in that one because he's like in his late 60s, I think, right now. Yeah, and that was sort of part of the storyline because I guess, you know, he had, you know, kind of been there, done that, already had kids, and, and she was, I guess, in her mid-30s or late-30s kind of in that that yeah. part of the show. And she was kind of still looking at, at maybe having kids or settling down, and he's like, no, I don't want any of that. And so that they broke up. Oh, okay. Well, there we yeah. go. So if you're, if you're looking for him, and, and he is not a giant chicken, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> He is a human. Okay, so very <laughs> cool. All right, well, before we move on to segment number three, we have just a kind of a, a a tower escape, which is in the middle of the show. This is kind of a, this is Yeah, different. usually right at the beginning, but. Yeah, but we're introducing the Animaniacs segment coming in, you know, halfway, mm-hmm. which again, this, this whole, this whole episode was kind of a. Out of order in some ways, because yeah, we're I, used to seeing the the Warners first, mm-hmm. and then it would be Pinky and the Brain at the end. Um, so this is, it's it, it's different. They're mixing like the though. formula. It worked. It, like, they say Pinky and the Brainy, and then Pinky and the Brain are up. So, yeah. And then they have the Tower Escape, and then... They're just trying to see if we're paying attention. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, the Tower Escape is, uh, the Warners are escaping, and they shoot out, like, a plunger gun of a rope, and then they escape with a, a kind of a sky gondola. The sky buckets. Yeah, they look, it looked like the sky <laughs> buckets from Disney World and Disneyland. They and still have those at Disneyland, right? Disney World? I don't think they do. Did they get rid of those in Disney World? They have them at Disneyland still, right? The sky buckets? They got rid of them? What? No. No! No! <laughs> It took me a while to realize okay. that he's doing a freakazoid reference. <laughs> well, they still got the submarines, though, right? Actually, oh. they brought those back, though, right? Kind of. The, I think. I think in the if if I'm not mistaken, in the episode of Freakazoid, they're riding up in a in some of the little sky gondolas, <laughs> and Freakazoid says, "This is great. This is like those sky buckets at Disneyland." And the the I keep I keep messing Russian and German up in this episode. <laughs> I think he's a German guy. He goes, "Not anymore, I'm afraid. They are no more. They're com- they're gone." And he goes, "Oh, well, at least they still have those little boats, right?" And he goes, "Hmm." Mm. And then Freakazoid screams, "No, uh, yeah." So yeah, there's no little uh, motor boats anymore. Is yeah, what he was right. talking about. They do have the submarine, but no. No gondola. Kelly, did you ever ride the sky gondolas? And oh no, I don't do that. (laughs) You don't do the height thing. No, I'm 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 like the I like being on the ground and spinning in circles on the teacups. (laughs) What what is it about the teacups that like makes you like this is this is me? You know, I I was one of those kids that would just like stand in the middle of the living room and spin until I got dizzy and fell down. <laughs> so and I and I had to sit and spin as a child, and I thought that was the greatest thing ever. So I I just I like spinning and and that sensation um, when you get kind of in the pit of your stomach, like oh this is kind of crazy, and I don't know. It's, 
some kind of high for me. I That's guess. cool. Well, you know, I personally loved the. I, mean, I like the. I like the teacups, but. <laughs> But the sky gondolas, oh gosh, I used to love it at Disneyland when it was there. Because you could go right through the Matterhorn uh, mountain, and it was super cool. Super cool. So anyway, that was just off the <laughs> that was just off the water escape. We would start going at Disneyland, but yep, that's just what happens. Like... <laughs> well, let's stop talking about all that. <laughs> let's go ahead and get into our third segment right here, which is nothing but the tooth. Segment three, Nothing But the Tooth, was written by Deanna Oliver and Paul Rugg. It was directed by Greg Reyna. And Kelly, what's basically the synopsis? What goes on here in this particular segment? Well, in this one, we see the Tsar again, Tsar Nicholas II, and Rasputin, who is sort of this monk that's um, helping out the Tsar and, and sort of... It, it paints him as, as uh, kind of like an employee or something. He keeps asking for a raise and everything. Yeah. And um, the uh, Matt Rasputin keeps hypnotizing the czar and uh, and he gets the raise and a puppy. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But he also has a toothache. So he needs some dentists and the Warners come in and uh, <laughs> they make a new friend. Yes. <laughs> and drive him mm-hmm. completely crazy. And uh, then end up removing all of his teeth, and then the he doesn't have the power to hypnotize the czar anymore, and then he gets fired. Yes, but then mm. the dog has the power because the dog steals the teeth. Yeah, yes, because apparently all you need is Rasputin's teeth to talk like <laughs> Rasputin to hypnotize people to get what you want. So yeah, it's all in the teeth. Uh, we learned that from the brain when he got dentures in his mouth and he was able to hypnotize people to do whatever he wanted remember that episode no no (laughs) what really which one was this uh you know it's a it's a when the pinky and the brain had their own tv show oh there was an episode brain which one knew that models were the best everyone listened to models or whatever so it's all in the teeth so he made special teeth dentures and oh there we go maybe he almost took over the world with those but (laughs) I think those are probably the same ones that Rasputin is using. There we go. Very cool. Okay, nice connection there, Nathan. (laughs) So, uh, like we were talking about uh, before, Kelly, you you happen to. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm gonna say you are pretty much an expert when it comes to pre-revolutionary Russia. Uh, you were listing off some of the books that you've read and everything. And I was just like, whoa, that sounds like an entire bookshelf. To me. <laughs> it, it is an entire bookshelf. Well, there we go. So, so you've, you've been well versed in all, in all this. What can you tell us about, uh, Tsar Nicholas or even Rasputin that, that kind of matches up or doesn't really match up with, uh, this particular cartoon? Well, a lot of people sort of consider Rasputin to be, um, uh, they they would describe his eyes as hypnotizing. Um, he had a lot of influence over the czar and his wife um, because they believed that he had the ability to heal their their son, who was a hemophiliac. And um, which, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, um, your blood doesn't clot very well. 
and it, it's carried through the female line, but only males exhibit the disease. And so if you bump your, your leg and you get a bruise, um, typically for most people, it's no big deal. It'll heal in a few days. But in a hemophiliac, the blood doesn't clot. And so you run the risk of um, internal bleeding and, and basically, you know, the smallest injury can kill you. So um, they believe that Rasputin had the power to heal their son. So that that gave him a lot of power. And as the years progressed, um, they put more and more faith in him. And, and he, you know, really started to have a lot of influence. And so to depict Rasputin as someone who could hypnotize the czar wasn't too far off the mark. Um, it It is inaccurate, um, you know, in its portrayal, uh, really. I mean, he, he didn't hypnotize him, but he did have a lot of influence. Uh-huh. And a lot of people perceive that as a really bad thing um, because – Basically, he was a, a peasant that was, you know, brought into to the, the royal family. And and um, a lot of people resented his uh, – um, I can't think of the word I want to use – his presence. They resented his right. presence. They resented the power he had. Uh, the family, a lot of them didn't trust him. And um, he was actually murdered by one of the czar's cousins, Uh and they tried to poison him and then they shot at him and then he ended up dying of, of drowning. So, yeah, uh, they kept killing him. Yeah. He, yeah, they kept trying that. to kill him each time and every time he yeah. wouldn't die. So, um, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, representation and, um, you know, probably just as realistic as the animated Anastasia by Don Bluth. Right. So, <laughs> Which I love. I I do. I do like that. Uh, that one right there. Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, Hank Azaria. Right. Hank Azaria is uh, <laughs> the Bat Bartoff or whatever mm-hmm. his name was, and Christopher Lloyd was uh, Rasputin. was Rasputin right there. And uh, yeah. let's see, Meg Ryan played Anastasia, and John Cusack was the guy. Dimitri. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer is in it, of course. And he's Brilliant. the only one that sings his own parts, I think. Ah, except maybe I think I don't Christopher know. Lloyd might have. Yeah, no, I was trying to think, think Christopher, Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd did. I think he did. Actually, I I want to say Jim Cummings sang the Christopher Lloyd part. Oh, See, you know what? I, th- I think think you're right. That did. I. You know what? I'm gonna I'm just gonna say you're right. Because yeah, I okay. say, right. <laughs> Cause I remember hearing that, you know, Kelsey Grammer was the one that sings his own parts and, and I, 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 I can, I, and I can just think like Jim Cummings voice and Christopher Lloyd's voice. They, they are, it can be very similar. So yeah, I'm just going to say they're the same. So why not? You can, you can tweet me and tell me you know, we're wrong, but we I, won't listen to you. <laughs> no, I'll but. say, no, I will heart you. I will say thank Aww. you. That's my way of saying thank you. I say thank you. Anyway, <laughs> so this is a this is a pretty cool uh, Rasputin. Of course, uh, I, I didn't know much about Rasputin at the time at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, the whole thing here with Animaniacs, we were just talking about the Anastasia uh, Don Bluth movie, uh, but this was pre Anastasia. Yeah, movie, this so. was four mm-hmm. years before that, or something, right? So. so the whole thing of like uh, you know we're gonna need some Anast- uh, <laughs> get us some Anastasia. Oh! We're gonna have to deaden the pain with a little Anastasia. Obscure joke. Talk to your parents. And uh, Anastasia hits Rasputin on the head with a giant mallet right there. Mm-hmm. And they say, it's an obscure joke. Ask your parents. Which I thought was like, well, actually, it's not as obscure as some jokes that you guys tell. But okay. yeah, <laughs> nowadays, especially, it's like... Yeah, exactly. It, it, like I mean, just a few years later. And of course... Well, 
it's funny it says ask your parents because when we learned about the the family in sixth grade my teacher was like you know if you want to find out more about this there's a really great book called Nicholas and Alexandra go ask your parents if you can read it Uh and so I did I went home and I said mom can I check this out from the library and she said oh we have that book down in the basement you can read it (laughs) so that's kind of how I got introduced into the whole thing and I found it really fascinating there you go so ask your parents if you can read that too, kids. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little dark towards the end. <laughs> well, I, let's just—I mean, let's talk about the end right there, where Yakko is saying, "I I foresee great things happening with it, right?" Or something yeah, but like I that. could be wrong. But I could be wrong. Bye, bye, sir. What's a nice man? I see nothing but good things in his future. Of course, I could be wrong. And of course, the very following year. Uh, the czar would be murdered along with his family and everything. Was that the, was that the revolution right there of Russia? Is that why that was, that occurred? Yeah, the revolutionary kind of, or the revolution kind of started while, um, he, he was forced to abdicate and, uh, was imprisoned in his house for a while. And then they, they kind of moved him around and then ended up taking them to Siberia and housing them at the Apatiev house called the house of special purpose, which sort of sounds pretty dire and um basically took them down to the basement and said um you know let's wait here you know we're gonna move you again but that's where they took guns and and basically killed the entire family from the the two parents down to the the four daughters and the young son and even a puppy oh the puppy yeah i know right yeah (laughs) he had mind controlling powers it's Pretty dark. Oh, man. Well, now, of course, some people claim there was, of course, the famous story of Anastasia escaping. Yeah, she escaped. But she escaped, and and I think there's been at least one or two women throughout history that have claimed to be Anastasia. Mm -hmm. Um, But through DNA testing, it was debunked. Yeah. Yeah. But that actually has only been done in like the last 10, 15 years Mm -hmm. um, because they were all you know, it was 1918 when they were killed. And so, I mean, we're talking almost 100 years later before they even found where they had been buried in Siberia. Yeah. So, there, well, there you go. So, I mean, yeah, cool stuff with Anastasia. And again, one of the, like you were mentioning, Kelly, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week. If this is something that, you know, kids watch and then they kind of get this worm of an idea of, who the heck is that? And I'm going to look up them and uh, get some more information. Then that's fantastic. It's mm-hmm. one of the things I really like about the Animaniacs in one in this episode in particular. Well, let's talk. We've talked a lot about the historic uh, stuff of this this uh, cartoon, but what particular jokes or, or things like that did you particularly like, Nathan? What was something you liked? Um, I liked how they were dentists. It was uh, <laughs> some fun jokes. Yakko won't hurt you, but the drill will. Yes. Kind of <laughs> Nervous kid. Dr. Yakko's the most gentle dentist in the whole wide world. It's just a drill that hurts. But actually, they're Shriners, so they get some fun uh, tiny car jokes, too. So. Dentistry's just a hobby. We're actually professional Shriners. So, gotta love the Shriners. And, of course, the Shriner cars really came in handy when they came to pulling out that tooth with a string. Have you ever seen a Shriner in real life, Nathan? No. I gotta um, go to the used bookstore over at Bookman's. They have a Shriner's Fez over there, and they had it for sale. Yeah, I feel like Abraham Simpson was a Shriner, right? He wore like, a Fez. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing him in a tiny car. Of course, Doctor Who wears a Fez every now and then, mm. or has been known to, depending on what 
incarnation of the doctor it is <laughs> i see a lot i see a lot of shriners out um uh with their fezes collecting money for the um the hospitals yeah yeah so the shriners they're 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 good people they're just they're usually just kind of old retired men who need a, a club to join and they they help uh you know sick kids in hospitals and stuff like yeah. that it's good stuff I love how Wacko always wears hats on top of his hats. Yes, that is a good <laughs> point. Like, Wacko never changes his hat. Last like, week they wore top hats, but, mm-hmm. and uh, Wacko just wore his baseball cap. And yeah. in this one, it's a, a fez his, on, top on top of, of his, his baseball cap. That's yeah. cute. And even when they 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 dressed up to go to that one uh, award ceremony or whatever, the like episodes ago, uh-huh. he would have that that nice cowboy kind of. Three Musketeers hat. Oh, like, and it was, yes. And that was on top of his hat? Yep. He did like a curtsy oh my and gosh. Just, just takes it off. Good eye, Nathan. I didn't even realize just, he He just that always hat. does that. I just love it. He loves that hat. There's only a few times in the show that he actually takes off his hat. Mm-hmm. Just a couple. Not very often. It's, it's a security blanket. Yeah. It's like there's Linus with his blanket and there's Wacko with his hat. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Any other particular jokes that we really liked? I, uh, the whole, you know, Rasputin... Uh, you know, interaction with him was really cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dot calling him, okay, I'm sorry, hon, but that too's got to come out. You know, the way she's <laughs> talking to him. I thought it was cute. I changed my mind. I'm fine. See, it doesn't hurt at all. I'm sorry, pumpkin, but that tooth has to come out. I also <laughs> thought it was interesting how this cartoon, I timed it. It takes approximately two minutes for the Warners to make an appearance in this cartoon. Hmm. There's a big setup where the narrator not, he, he doesn't just, uh, you know, uh, introduce this segment, but, uh, he comes in at least two times to give, uh, the whole exposition of the story of Rasputin and the Tsar. So I think they did, a, the writers did a good job of setting this up and introducing yeah. who the heck the Tsar was and Rasputin was. For kids in a nice simplified way. Of yeah, why making you not feel this. too sorry for Rasputin as he gets his teeth pulled out oh, or yeah, anything. And not at all. <laughs> so it's <laughs> okay. This is this is a special situation right now because this is some bonus audio clip thing. Audio, yeah. Because we forgot one joke in today's discussion. Joke ever, which was. Preppy, preppy the, the patient. patient. When they made him Rasputin look all preppy and everything at the end. And now that's preppy. Now that's preppy. <laughs> yes. I thought that was very funny and cool. And he actually looked a little like a hipster today, like that would go to Starbucks mm-hmm. and everything with his with his cool beard and, uh, and his stuff. Apple computer. Yes, exactly. So that was your bonus audio clip thing. Thing. All right. Bye. That's that's pretty cool. Any other any other thoughts about segment three right here? I guess we call it the nothing but the tooth. Nathan Kelly, anything? It was enjoyable. Yeah, I liked it. I I think we've already kind of addressed all all my favorite stuff in it. <laughs> okay, well let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up because oh, we're going one more thing here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we got two kind of. That's true. We got <laughs> my goodness again. See, it was a very full episode. Content. This is stuff. Uh, let's go ahead. And Go to the next part, which is the wheel of morality. The moral of today's show was to brush your teeth after every meal. And the moral was brought to you by the American Dental Association. And Dot says something kind of gross. That makes me feel all kind of warm and squishy. Either that or I need to wear diapers. 
Gross, Dot. <laughs> TMI. <laughs> so that was cool. And of course, we have the chase ending at the very end, which I, I love the animation of, of these, uh, these tower escapes and chase endings where, uh, the Warners are trying to escape, uh, well, they do escape and they get out of Wacko's bag, a, a rug, which is a magic carpet, and they float up to the tower and the, the rug is still on the floor and, Ralph tries to use it and an anvil drops on his head. I classic. Love, I just love it because I, it, I laughed out loud when I, when I saw it because I, I should know better that something like that would happen. But I honestly thought like, I don't know, the rug, he would flip upside down or something no. like something connected to the rug would actually hurt him. Not just a random anvil dropping from the sky. I feel like the same thing happened with the barber chair too. So was, yes. Was, <laughs> and and that's why I thought like, I should know this thing. Like last yeah. time it was the barber chair and he tried to do it and anvil just drops on him. And, uh, but I always love that when the Warners just look at the camera, shrug their shoulders and jump inside. <laughs> um, but again, Ralph, you didn't need to do that. You could just let them go and just say, now close the door behind you. But he has to go up there and check himself. Yeah. It's his job. He has to close the tower door. He does it every time during the, you know, during yeah, the credits. Yeah, does it in the beginning, but they just pop out of his hat anyway. So. <sighs> oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> we have, uh, before we get to our tower rating and everything like that, we have something really awesome. One of our listeners, Curtis Findlay, actually sent us in a review. Well, actually, his kids sent in a review of today's episode. All right. And they're super cute. <laughs> and without further ado, let's just go ahead and uh, play this MP3 that was sent to us. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you can send us these MP3 reviews as well with yourself or your kids or... Uh, if you just have dogs and cats, you can have them talk on the thing. It's- oh, that'd be so cool. That would what be pretty you, cool. I, I have a, I have a couple dogs. They would talk to the camera to tell us about what they thought about the, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and we might play it. Well, let's go to the really but cute ones, here we which go. are Curtis's kids. So here they go. Hi there. My name's Curtis. I'm Peter. I'm Milo. And we're here to talk about the episode of Animaniacs that we just watched, um, that you guys remember. It was called Pavlov's Mice. Who were the stars of this one? Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Um, and what uh, what was going on in this episode? Every time that guy rang a bell, Pinky did a... I mean, Brainy, Brain did a little dance. Well, Pinky did a really annoying dance. Right? <laughs> yeah. And what happened when you heard a bell chime? What happened to Brain? He, he did it... He did the, it when he wasn't supposed to. What, do you remember what song he sang? Uh, no. I'm a little teapot. Do you remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> and what were they trying to do? They were trying to take over the world. And how were they going to take over the world? To get um, the money. Um, yeah, the, all <laughs> of the jewels. <laughs> that the Tsar of Russia... The Tsar is the ruler of Russia. And did it work? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Were there any funny parts? <laughs> Milo, do you remember any funny parts of this episode? Uh, when, when, that, um, when that little... Mouse, um, dot, 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 almost started into that machine. Yeah. His hair done up when he came out. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part, too. Okay. And now there is a second part to this episode. It was with uh, a character hmm. called Chicken Boo. What was he trying to be? A, a dancer. dancer. A dancer, yeah. And, uh, and then the reporters came into the dressing room. And what did they say? 
that's a chicken. <laughs> and did, they, did the other guys believe him? No. And then what happened? What happened when, when Chicken Boo actually got out on stage and started dancing? Everything fell off and he was actually a chicken. And what were, what were the funny parts for you in this one? Mm, the song. The song? The opening song? Yeah. That was a funny song. I loved the um, Pinky's song. Pinky's song? This one is Pinky. <laughs> oh, Bra- Brain? Brain is the one with the really big head. He's saying, <laughs> I'm a little teapot. Is that the song you like? Uh-huh. Um, and then there was a third segment in this one, and it was starring the Warner Brothers. And do you remember what they were pretending to be in this episode? The dentists. Yeah, what did they have to do? They had to pull out this teeth tooth. Did it work? Mm-mm. What were some of the ways they tried to pull out the tooth? Do you remember? Yarn, mm-hmm. that clipper. The the flyers, yeah. Yep. And use and use a strain with cars. With cars, yes. What was the funny part? When he couldn't actually talk. Yes. How about, <laughs> how about you? When. When Dad died, it died all of somebody, all of his owner's teeth. The dog got the teeth, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's our review of this episode, the Russian-themed episode. Hope you enjoyed it. All right. Thank you so much, Curtis and Peter and Milo, for that review. That was fantastic. And it sounds like there's another Animaniacs fan in the background that maybe isn't old enough to talk yet. But Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe in a year or so. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, you'll have one more reviewer to go on there, which is awesome. So thank you very much for that. That was sweet. That was awesome. And kids sound super cute. Yeah. Perfect length. <laughs> Loved it. I know. I really feel bad because it's like, well, they did that in three minutes. Yeah, we, we got to talk- get our episode down to three minutes now. <laughs> it's a competition. I know. Boy, they get to the point. We don't do that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get right to our water tower rating. Okay, so, Kelly, out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode? I think I would give it five. It was a really strong episode from start to finish. Uh, Had a lot of great content. Um, Everything was really funny. I did like... uh, the connections to, to his history because it is uh, an area that I'm very familiar with and uh, just thought it was kind of um, fun and educational at the same time. Very cool. Nathan, what about you? I'll, I'll do four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, for same reasons, all very funny, educational. I thought the pinky in the brain one could have been better thought out of a way to take <laughs> over the world, but I don't know. Um, it, it was all very fun, and I loved all the content. Very cool. And I'll give it four and a half as well. Four and a half uh, water towers. And uh, with the, for all those reasons that you, you guys mentioned, uh, a very good, very content-rich episode. Um, you know, perhaps it could have been a little funnier in some little parts, but uh, overall, it just – it was one of the outstanding episodes, I think. And uh, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff to, to, to look at, so – Very good episode of Animaniacs. Well, let's go ahead and go to our poll results from last week's poll. It's time once again for this week's Animaniacast poll Twitter results. 
Oh boy, oh boy, what a trip it's been for me. Our plane ran out of fuel over the Himalayan mountains, and there were no more parachutes. Lucky for me, there happened to be a rubber raft in storage. So the pilot and I jumped out and safely made it down the snowy mountain top into a river and then made our way to a local village uh, who happens to also have recording equipment and a Wi-Fi signal so that I could check the poll results. <laughs> nice try, Lao Shea. Listeners were asked which of these hashtag Animaniacs characters should at Original Funko make next. Hashtag Animaniacastball. 3% said Michelangelo and Spielberg. Sorry, Kelly. 18% said The Good Feathers. 38% said Dr. Scratch and Sniff, Hello Nurse, and Ralph the Guard. But 41% said it was To the Squirrels, Skippy and Slappy. So hopefully we'll see those sometime in the future. Well, we'll see you next week when I'm back in civilization. Funny, Nathan said he filled up the plane with gas before we took off. Oh well, now it's time to go back to the studio for this week's poll. Okay, well let's go ahead and go over our thoughts of which Animaniacs themed set would you like Funko to produce next? Because we don't just stay in the past, we're, we're looking forward we haven't even gotten these Animaniacs Funkos yet. Yeah, but now like, we know which ones the they're going to be making next because they looked at that poll. I can. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm so sure. Maybe they'll do the top two. Maybe they'll do both. Uh, maybe Doctor Scratch and Slappy. And well, maybe not. So, for, what do you what do you think, Nathan? What was your um, favorite? Which which one of those did you think they should make next? The one I voted for was the Doctor Scratch and Stiff, Hello Nurse, and Ralph. Just because I feel like that'd be a fun set to have. Just... It'd be a nice companion piece, yeah. right? The only thing I'd be worried about that would be that what you were talking about before, Nathan, where Funkos can sometimes look very similar. Yeah. So I'd be I'd be interested to see how they do character characters like Scratch and Sniff and Hello Nurse and still make them look. Yeah, and like Ralph, who needs to have a small head, make him with a big head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen them do I've seen them do it before uh, successfully. Like there's a really good uh, Roger Rabbit set where there's Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit. Mhm. And when I think about the Jessica Rabbit one, I think, well, they did Jessica Rabbit pretty well. So I can think they could do Hello Nurse pretty well as well since it's about the same proportions. Yeah. So, um Kelly, what about well, actually I I'm going to go to you <laughs> last. Hang on. <laughs> I know it would. I think Skippy and Slappy though would look really cool just because I could see them looking really cute. I think they did a really nice job with Pinky and the Brain, uh, and getting those, just getting their features right and, you know, you know, making them a little cuter even. So I could really see a really cute slap, uh, Skippy and Slappy squirrel, uh, put together. I think those would look cool on the shelf next to them. And Kelly, what yes. did you pick? Michelangelo and Spielberg. I think that would be super cool. I mean, if anything, they need to make a Spielberg Funko, I think. Yes. I mean, just in general. If, if and nothing put him else. in a Pope costume. Yeah, put him in a Pope <laughs> costume. Yeah, you could have, like, no, they could do a whole series of different Spielbergs. Like, they did ones of Michael Jackson in all of his different outfits and stuff. 
They could do Spielberg with long hair, Spielberg with short hair, Spielberg in his Pope costume. Exactly good. <laughs> Spielberg, you know, maybe directing different movies, like maybe have him with a clap, uh, you know, a little clapboard or a little camera in his hand or something like that for each movie that he that made. That would be precious. I know. See? I, I need that in my life. So there you go. So... <laughs> So Funko, you at least need to. You, okay, so even though Michelangelo and Spielberg didn't win, you still need to make the Spielberg <laughs> Funko collection. Yeah, just make all four sets of those. You know, yeah, sure, know. why not? <laughs> so <laughs> let's just move on to our uh, poll for this week. Now we came we're, we came up with a poll, and uh, basically we're thinking about different ways that the Warners escaped the tower. Now today they escaped using uh, kind of a gondola kind of thingamabobber. Mm-hmm. But uh, we couldn't really fit that onto a description of, of a poll. So really we're going to go... A gondola thingamabobber? Yeah, it? Thing, it doesn't really quite fit in Twitter's uh, <laughs> uh, poll thing. But what we're going to do is say, which of these three is your favorite? And we just picked three that we knew we could fit in description-wise. So we have the time they shot out of a cannon. I remember that. That was uh, just a couple weeks ago, I believe. And it was like... Uh, to the uh, battle of 1812 and they looked like a uh, evil Knievel. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was another time they kind of did a very meditative kind of thing of getting into a bubble and floating away in the bubble. Yeah. The animation on that was cool. Yes. And of course they had uh, the clown balloon where they, the, the, the clown balloon pops out of the top and they mm-hmm. use a fan and blow away. So those are three different tower escapes right there. Go ahead and go to twitter.com slash animaniacast or search for hashtag animaniacast poll. Got to make sure I say my hashtag correctly. And you should be <laughs> able to find it. So there we go. Now, Nathan, you know, what do you, what do you think we should do right now? Um, I think we should leave a positive review and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can do something much better than just having people do a positive review on iTunes. I think it's time for another contest. Contest Woo! song, Nathan. This is the contest song. This is the contest song. It changed from the last time because I didn't remember how it went. <laughs> That's good. All right. So <laughs> it's our new contest song. Yay. So wow, yeah, I know it, it's it's musical talent on Nathan is just amazing. Um, we're gonna go ahead and do another iTunes review contest. Da, 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 da. So Woo. what that means is, if you have left a review in iTunes for the Animated Cast, well, congratulations, you are already entered in the contest. You may have already won. But, but, yeah, because that's true, because <laughs> the person who won last time never never emailed us and said, hey, that was me. Uh, but anyway, so we're opening it up again, and we're going to say, if we let's, let's say get a few more reviews into the system. I would say, you know, let's go for like three, like two or three or four more, right? Just a few more. Okay. And then we're going to, we're going to put them into some sort of something, and pull them out at random, and then we'll announce the winner. And the prizes are some Animaniacs decals. We ah. have a, a decal of Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. We have a, a window decal of Pinky and the Brain. And, of course, a window decal that says, Put a Brain in the White House, which is pretty cool. In fact, I, Kelly, you've got a sample set, right? Yes, I love it. She she can vouch for them, ladies and gentlemen. They look cool. So, 
So there you go. So if you are interested in getting those for free, uh, you can head on over to iTunes and leave a positive five-star review for the Animated Cast. It is very much appreciated. And plus, you might just get entered into the contest as well. So there you go. Five stars equals a entry in the contest. Yeah. Tell your friends to enter in so then you get a better chance. Yeah, sure. Just <laughs> steal a decal from them. Yeah. Why not? Let's go ahead and get into contact information right now. Kelly, where can people get in contact with you if they like to say hi? They can contact me on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at BigShinyRobot.com. Very cool. And Nathan, what about you? Um, I'm on Twitter. I have uh, 17 followers at least. Hey. I don't know why I don't have more. It's a simple, it's Boba Fett spelled J-A-N-G-O-F-T. <laughs> Just like the Django Fett. And uh, yeah, there you go. It's, it's simple. I couldn't make it any easier. Yeah, well, I think you could, perhaps. But okay, we're going to move on. <laughs> and of course, you can see us, uh, the Animaniacast, on Facebook. And we're also on Twitter. And you can leave us a positive review on iTunes, like I said before. You can also check out a whole archive of our previous episodes on RetroZap.com slash and while you're over at RetroZap.com, check out a bunch of cool articles. Really, RetroZap is a, really a fantastic place to be. And we're growing by leaps and bounds. They just added, like, more writers and at least another podcast on there as well. So uh, check it out at RetroZap.com. Okay, well, we will see you next week for episode 19 which is meatballs or consequences. Ah! Yep. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> or maybe I should say it in like a Swedish, uh, grim reaper voice, like meatballs or consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love that episode. <laughs> and a moving experience. So we will see you next week. And for the animated cast, I'm Joey. And for Nathan and Kelly, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. I'm a little teapot, short and stout. This is my handle, this is my spout. When I get all steamed up, hear me shout. Tip me over and pour me out.